Hey folks, this is Gene from Regular Guy Mountain Biking, and in this bike chat, I've got Josh Patterson from Bike Radar, and we're going to be talking about, can you buy a bike that can be a single quiver bike and a do-all bike? We'll see what Josh has to say about this topic. Hey folks, this is Gene from Regular Guy Mountain Biking, and once again, here we are on the Bike Chat Show, and we've got Josh Patterson with us. Um, again, from, from Bike Radar. So we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about can a person buy one bike and this whole idea of a single quiver? Is this even a reality? Um, I know Bike Radar did a piece on something similar to this, and I thought Josh might be able to help us on the topic. So let me stop talking and introduce Josh back to the show. Thanks for joining us again, Josh. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, the, the one bike quiver. Um kind of a scary thought to only have one mountain bike, but for most of <laughs> us, that's the reality. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of factors to consider there. Um, yeah. So I think first and foremost, people need to consider who they are as a rider, uh, and then how they ride and then where they ride and, uh, being very honest with yourself about what you're actually going to do versus what you aspire to do, mm. uh, I think is key. You know, if, if you have grand plans of uh, becoming, you know, a world-class enduro racer, but really you're just putzing around the woods, uh, your bike <laughs> choice needs to be very different. That's a good uh, point. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because um, I, I think I think part of this this whole reality is that um, you have to have an idea of what kind of riding you you want to do and and kind of scope the whole thing out. So. Uh, if you're going to be a cross-country racer, but you also want to maybe do something on the weekends, that type of thing, and maybe do – well, or go to the bike park every once in a while, I don't think you're taking your super weenie light, super light, carbon, fancy cross-country bike and plowing down the park, flying off, uh, hucking off things because it's not going to work the same. Um, but if we were thinking about more of the – average average joe rider are there bikes out there now because the whole free ride category is kind of getting blown up i mean these enduro slash bikes that you can actually pedal but you can actually have like 170 millimeters of travel on them the the technology and bikes have just gone crazy and uh, you of anyone gets to see all this and it must be kind of cool to see where these bikes are going now where you can make a bike that can hit a hit a, hit a, hit a, hit a jump and still pedal. Sure, yeah, we've we've come a long way in a short period of time. Um, I mean, with few exceptions, you've got bikes with 160 mils of travel that pedal really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, at the same time, um, I think most people should judge a bike not by its suspension numbers, but by its geometry. Okay. Um, you know, there are bikes that have. 120 130 mils of travel that are incredibly long and slack now and they can go to toe to toe uh with much longer travel bikes especially if you're talking about um you know bikes like the evil following things like that that really kind of shifted the paradigm of what you could do with a short travel bike with big wheels um you know that right there would be an example of a quiver quiver for quiller <laughs> that's a mouthful quiller three times fast for uh for some riders you know if you're looking for something that you're going to pedal around easy all day mm -hmm. uh, but also maybe you're going to enter the odd enduro race here and there 
Um, that could be a candidate. Um, or at the other end of the spectrum, for a different type of rider, something like a Santa Cruz Nomad could be uh, the one bike fits all. So now you said something that might be kind of technical to some of the people that are uh, either listening or watching this, whether you're watching this on uh, our YouTube channel for regular guy mountain biking or listening to this on mountain bike radio. Um, you mentioned something about the geometry and, and you, you mentioned some technical terms like long and slack and, and, and angle. So um, can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Cause that means someone could go to the bike shop and they don't have to look at a bike and say, well, it doesn't have a whole massive amount of travel. Like I can't take it to a park, but that, that kind of contradicts now. I mean, what, what does someone, what does that all mean to people? Yeah. So it's not just about categorizing bikes based on suspension travel anymore. Um, because geometry doesn't fit into one category anymore. Like just because a bike is short travel doesn't mean it's necessarily for cross country. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just look at those numbers and pigeonhole it. It might have suspension that's short travel, but it might have geometry numbers that puts it more in line with even downhill bikes from 10 years ago. Gotcha. So you're balancing a lot of different factors, which on one hand can be another thing for, you know, the average Joe mountain biker to consider. Um, but at the same time you can do a whole lot more with a lot less. And a lot of those really capable short travel bikes, um, are going to be lighter and mm -hmm. they're going to be easier to pedal. Interesting. Now, if you've got a bike that was long and slack, when you mean long, is it as simple as it sounds from, from, from wheel to wheel, the literally the length of the bike and what does a long bike do differently than a, than a shorter bike? Yeah. So yeah, you're talking about the wheelbase and okay. then you'll divide up the wheelbase to the front center, the distance from the front axle to mm -hmm. the bottom bracket, and okay. then the rear center or the chain stay length distance from the bottom bracket to the rear wheel. Um, and you know, some people for really short chain stays, some people for longer chain stays and that'll all affect the weight distribution. But yeah, a longer wheelbase will create a bike that's more stable at speed, a little more carvy handling. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what we're seeing. That's a trend we're seeing now is just longer and longer bikes. Okay. Um, part of that is increase the reach, um, so that you're a little more spread out, mm -hmm. um, but also steeper seat tube angles. So your weight's a little more forward, uh, but without going too far in the weeds there, what all of this does is make bikes that are, uh, more capable, um, at higher speeds, Gotcha. which is kind of how the whole sport is going right now. Now, of course, a longer bike though, um, a little bit more bike to take around in the woods, right? If you want to do your trail riding and you got a lot of, um, I, in the Northeast, we're doing a lot of stuff where it's a lot of trees, a lot of rocks. You kind of got to wiggle in and out of things. Um, you know, bigger bike like that, that's something to take into consideration. You're going to have to move that around your obstacles a little bit more. And, um, it may or may not, make a play, play, play an effect on, on your riding. So I guess that might be something you got to think about too, when you're, when you're scoping out the bike and like you said, how are you going to ride this thing and where are you going to go? Sure. Yeah. In addition to like, like the first thing we talked about for trying to figure out, you know, your one bike quiver is, you know, who you are as a rider. Are you going to race with it? Are you just going to ride with it? If you are going to race with it, are you thinking about cross country or are you thinking about enduro? Right. Um, from there, it's like, where do you ride every day? Gotcha. You know, are you riding, you know, big mountains of Colorado where I ride, or do you ride really tight, rocky, rooty, you know, East coast, new England type trails? You know, that's, that could lead you in two very different directions. True. True. So, and 
I think what a lot of people do is they pick a bike based on what they have in their head versus where they ride every day. And I think you will always be happier picking the bike for the trails you ride every day. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. In fact, I've got a video coming out pretty soon on how to pick your first mountain bike. And a lot of what uh, I did with 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 Jason um, from Sussex Bike Shop, we, we recorded this together. It was a, it's a pretty good video. It should be coming out pretty soon. And like you said, we recorded it based on where are you riding? And we kind of did it off of New Jersey because – a lot of people are asking me, I'm here in New Jersey, I ride here, what kind of bike, I ride there, what kind of bike. And it depends on where you're going to ride. So, you know, you could probably get a bike that would be, in that case, your your your, your single quiver type of bike because you're just riding it in that one area and maybe you're going to push it a little bit someplace and you might want to get something with a little bit more suspension here and there. But for the most part, the biggest thing you need to think about is where are you going to go every day, right? Because you don't want to buy a bike because it looks real cool, but it's not the right bike for where you're going to be. And Right. Yeah. Like right? I, for example, I wouldn't buy a park bike when I might ride a bike park, you know, half a dozen days a year. Right. You know, I'd pick something shorter travel if I could only have one bike. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Now, some of these bikes are allowing us to, um, there, there are chips in them. You flip the chip. That'll help change the geometry of the bike and um, uh, lengthen it. And if not more lengthen it, but raise and lower the bottom bracket a bit. Um, without going too deep into the weeds, but people don't understand what that actually means and does to a bike. If you see a bike with one of these little flip chips, you'll see I mean, it's, it's actually part of the, the, uh, the suspension. Uh, what's that going to offer someone? Is that going to help? make someone get a bike that could be more, again, single quiver, flexible form? Um, you know, that's one of those things that's been floated around for y years and years. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. since yeah, one of my first mountain bikes had that, I had a, a very old specialized Enduro that had a little thing you could adjust to, to firm up the shock, which mm -hmm. in turn made it, uh, steeper with the idea that it would be better for climbing. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are still platforms out that by various companies that you either try to raise the bottom bracket up to make uh, make the front end higher, also mm -hmm. kind of steepen it up a bit, um, or make it lower and slacker. Um, and I think there's there's merit to some of those ideas, but there's also a lot to be said for a bike that's just designed really well mm -hmm. and can be used in a lot of different applications. Um, it's one of those things you kind of have to try it to see if it if it works and then if it will work for you. Gotcha. Those are two different questions to ask. Good point. Good point. Is it a gimmick or does it actually work? <laughs> and then is that a benefit that you're actually going to use? Gotcha. Now, the other end is – not the other end, but really the, the other point to make is that uh, your 29-inch type bikes, your tire – I'm talking about wheel diameter right now um, – they also are generally able to allow you to ride – use different wheels. You can ride a 29-inch wheel or also toss in there a 27.5 plus to get a different feel. So um, I don't want to turn it into like a Frankenstein bike, but some of these bikes, like, as you mentioned, the chip, see if it's worth it for you. But you toss the chip in there. You toss in – changing the wheels that, that that's all money. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, having an extra set of good wheels sitting around is not always the easiest thing for everyone to do, but you could, it's certainly cheaper than buying a second bike. 
um, that that also is something to think about. Um, you could tweak your bike for where you're going to go, um, possibly. If you like, you said you're going to go to the park maybe half a dozen times. Are you really going to buy? You can even rent a bike at that point. But but basically, um, the wheels make a big difference, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah, you can. And there's a lot of bikes that were introduced in the last couple of years, like think of the pivot switchblade mm -hmm. or the original Santa Cruz Hightower um, that are convertible between 29 inch wheels and tires or 27 five inch wheels mm -hmm. with high volume tires that are like a 2.8 or even a three, three inch tire. Gotcha. Um, you know, there are certainly pros and cons to each approach and they'd have very different ride feels. Um, so yeah, different riders definitely prefer, um, you know, different takes on those. I remember asking Santa Cruz when the Hightower came out, what mm -hmm. their sales split was. And they definitely thought it would be much more like 70%, 29 to mm -hmm. a very, you know, 30%, 27.5 plus. It ended up being uh, pretty evenly split. Really? Yeah, which kind of yeah. surprised them, but also showed that, you know, there were a lot of riders um, that had developed a taste for, you know, fat tires. Yeah. I, I'll be honest. Um, a bike that I'm looking at is the Santa Cruz Tallboy, very much more trail oriented bike. Um, the the geometry and the 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 suspension all more oriented to just just trail. But I like it because you can ride different wheel sets, and I will if I get that bike, go with the the 27 plus. I mean, I want that extra bigger cush type of tire, or it doesn't make it a free ride bike, but it does kind of have a little bit of play in there. And, and I think that might work out. Uh, I, I, anyway, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in these bigger tires and apparently a lot of people are as well. Yeah. And that's, that's another way to kind of, um, I don't know, would we even see that say that's cheating at a quiver bike because you've got different wheels and tires? Well, uh, good, good point. Good point. I mean, let's, let's, let's say we're pushing the envelope a little yeah, bit, but we're, we're fudging it a bit. We're fudging yeah, it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've still got one frame, but yeah, mm -hmm. In the case of like that bike, um, if you're running it with 27.5 plus, mm -hmm. you'd want to run a 130 fork. Um, and that's pretty common with those kind of conversions as you up the front fork travel mm -hmm. um, when you're going to the, the smaller diameter, right. um, 27.5 plus. Um, but frankly, a lot of those bikes also just handle really well with the longer travel fork when you switch back to 29. Right. Um, that's what I was told by people. A lot of people would say if they're going to go with it, they go with a longer travel fork and they just leave it because it's right. kind of tough. Um, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you know, my personal one quiver bike for where I ride is a Santa Cruz Tallboy 3 mm -hmm. um, with the longer 130 fork but with 29-inch wheels. Okay. Um, and I ride that on trails that are definitely more suited towards longer travel bikes, but mm -hmm. I ride those trails all the time. So they're, you know, I know them really well. Right. So to make it more interesting, that's – what shorter travel bikes are good for. They make you ride like a hooligan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, a good that's, point. that's one approach to the single bike quiver. Mm -hmm. Um, I also use it as a kind of, kind of a cross country race bike. It's not really for that, but it works well enough. Gotcha. Um, but if I wasn't coming from kind of a race background, you know, I might look at something longer travel, like say a Santa Cruz nomad or a specialized mm -hmm. stump jump or something like that. Gotcha. That's just a really good, well-rounded bike for a bunch of different terrain. Mm -hmm. So a lot, a lot of companies have them out there. I mean, there's, there's definitely this, this, this niche that people are looking for. In fact, Santa Cruz even came out with the 
Santa Cruz Hightower LT. Isn't the Hightower that has the LT, the long travel? Is that one? Or I, I could be wrong. I thought it was the Santa Cruz Hightower. That's, yeah, the the, uh, the LT came out last year because almost as soon as the original Hightower came out, people started long shocking that bike to get more travel out of it. Gotcha. Yeah. Do so it those, anyway. both, yeah. But both of those could be also quiver bikes. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've got a lot of people that are riding those and, and – uh, uh, if, if you look them up, like even when I got, so I got my, um, got it right back over there. I've got my, um, my Trek Remedy 8. And when that came out, that would came out as a, a free ridey pushing it trail bike. Like a, not, not your regular, just rails. It, it was, it was more of a aggressive bike. Um, but then a lot of people were picking it up for enduro saying, whoa, hold on a couple tweaks and this bike's killing it for enduro and then you went back to the trek website and all of a sudden it was remarketed as you know this bike plus also a really good enduro bike because it, it actually ended up being pretty decent for that and and they're right I, I i was taking this bike to um way way on to state park for my cross-country riding and then i was tweaking it to take it over to mountain creek to, to ride the park you know and you, you you could you could make it happen you know you definitely could yeah. Yeah. I, and I think what you said there, like when you mentioned tweaking, that's a lot of what goes on here, I think, is like, you know, if you've got a dedicated cross country bike and a dedicated enduro bike, it's easy right. to just hop on one or the other and go. But when you're using one bike for, you know, all your uses, I think you need to be prepared to do a little more tweaking, mm-hmm. you know, to get the most out of it. And that might be just as easy as swapping out tires. You know, right. if you're if you're going to do some just cross country racing, some mm-hmm. lighter tires, if you're going to do some enduro days or park days, something that has a reinforced casing, you know, things like that, that I think I think, you know, your viewers and listeners should be aware of is like it's one bike, but be prepared to make some little changes here and there to get the most out of it. Yeah. And I think a, a big a big takeaway here is going to have to be the fact that you, you kind of have to figure out what you're going to do with this bike. And what kind of riding you're going to do. Because if you're looking to do rails to trails or you're looking to go down to uh, in southern Jersey anywhere, places like Allaire and Six Mile, um, they're not really very rocky or aggressive. You know, they're more rolly. If that's what you're going to do, you, you, you can't go and say, I want a bike that's going to do everything and not do what you're going to do primarily really good. Right. Because these things are not cheap. So I think when we say single quiver, I think you have to figure out what you actually need in that quiver in the first place. You know, what are you really going to do and take into account how much of a tinker you want to be? Maybe you're just like, I don't want to. I mean. I'm not going to change my tires. It's a pain in the ass. You know, I got, I got, I got tubeless. I got the, 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 the sealant all over the place. Um, uh, do you buy a new bike for that? I mean, that, that's, that's, that's quite an excuse to go talk to your wife about, look, honey, oh my God, I got, I got sealant all over the garage. I, I just, I got to buy a new bike, you know, but, um, you can, you can give it a try, right? Yeah. I mean, it's worth a try. Probably won't fly, but <laughs> Probably not. yeah, you need, you need to be honest with yourself about what you're actually going to do. Right. Like if, if you're not a racer at all, you know, it makes it, it makes it a lot easier. Right. You know, if you're not worried about shaving, you know, seconds off a clock and being the most of, you know, most efficient bike out there, um, it makes it a lot easier. You know, the, the bulk of the market, 
are bikes that have 130 to 150 mils of travel. Gotcha. And those bikes do pretty much everything really well. Gotcha. Not great, but mm-hmm. really well. And for most riders, that's what they're looking for. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. So if you're thinking of a single quiver bike, you're probably the kind of rider that likes to do some cross country, but also likes to hit the rock gardens or likes to hit a few jumps, maybe occasionally go to the bike park and they don't want to drop the money to rent some bike that's been sitting there. You'd rather ride your own. Um, and I think your skill level has a bit to play with your ability to use one bike for everything. Cause like you said, some of the trails you ride, you're able to handle, you've been doing it for a long time. You're comfortable on them. Um, though your bike might not be ideal for that terrain. It's ideal for you on that terrain cause you're fine with it. But, um, I'm not sure if you can mention some bikes, but if we were going to think about that category, I don't, I don't know. I mean, pink bike does, looks at a lot of different bikes. So I think we could be pretty, you know, not specific on any, you know, you can talk about lots of brands, you know, if you were that kind of guy, are there some bikes you could tell people to look at that would just be worth looking into? Sure. So I'll, I'll name like five bikes that I think that make really good one quiver bikes. Um, I think the evil following, Okay. is a great one quiver bike for aggressive trail riders. Um, I think if you're looking at a lightweight trail bike that can handle gnarly train, but is also light enough to do some endurance racing, I think the fuel EX is a good platform. Mm. Um, if you're looking for a one bike quiver and you don't necessarily race, but you do occasionally ride more challenging terrain, I think the specialized stump jumper is worth a look. Good call. Good call. Um, also in that same vein, if you're looking for, um, a bike like that, that can do enduro, but pedals really well, uh, you might look at either the Santa Cruz Hightower LT, uh, or the Santa Cruz Nomad. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now the other point to take away folks is this. I, I, me, I personally think that part of getting a single quiver bike is going to be investing maybe a little bit more in the bike than you were going to, or at least you might have thought of. Let, let, and let me let me explain. Uh, a lot of those bikes that you mentioned um, come in aluminum or come in uh, carbon. So where I'm going with this is if you want to take this bike that's maybe designed to be a little bit more burly and handle some more of the park stuff, but you know you're going to do a lot of cross country too, you might have to invest in a bike that's carbon to take a little bit of the weight off just to make it a little bit easier. I'm not saying you have to, but if you're looking for one bike to do everything, a lighter bike is going to be easier to go up a hill or do something with than a heavier bike. That, that, that That's just the way it is, you know? And if you're going to go with one bike, that one bike may be a little bit more of an investment than you were expecting, but you might get closer to that single quiver. But if I'm completely off, what do you think on that statement? Um, carbon versus aluminum, you know, that can be certainly a budget question. Um, but I'd look at also where you're going to put the money, you know, like the best upgrade you can do is Mm -hmm. wheels and tires, you know, rotating mass is everything. So, you know, if, if you're look, if you have a bike now that is kind of your one quiver and you want to make it better, Mm -hmm. um, you know, start with the rolling stock, um, you know, high quality tires and lighter you know, either, and it can be aluminum, it can be carbon. Okay. You know, it depends okay. on your budget. Um, but you know, shedding weight there is a great place to start. Um, now as far as like, if you're buying the bike outright, um, if it's your one bike, I would advise you to, yeah, 
to pony up for the nicer model. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that comes down to, you know, better brakes, you know, better drivetrain. Right. Um, right. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that, that remedy, um, the brakes that were on it, they were simply not stopping me at the park. I mean, I'm going down and there was no modulation. All there was was a hell of a lot of praying. That was mm-hmm. it. I mean, I'm like, I am not stopping. I changed the brakes. Uh, I put on some, uh, some, sh- some SRAM, um, guides and, and I stopped. I had modulation. So, um, your single quiver bike might not be able to stay stock either. Okay. And, and you have to live with that. But I think any bike you buy, well, that's half the fun buying new upgrades and stuff. I mean, I, I don't see that as a bad thing. I, I see that as customizing it and making it your own so you can get a bike and again maybe getting it closer to that single quiver bike by doing some upgrades that that make it more your own and move it closer into that category of a i can do a lot of different things with it so that that, that's that's fun stuff i I like doing that stuff it costs money but you're making it your own yeah yeah there's you know and some of that is also like we talked about think of where you ride all the time you know um, 800 mil bars work really good out in, you know, the Western U S they don't always fit through all the trees on the East coast. <laughs> you're right. You're um, right. So yeah, that's, those are all little things like that. It's same with tire choice. You know, your tire choice is going to be different. So yeah. that's all part of just refining your one quiver bike. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing so much about the, uh, the bars cause it instantly in my head, I'm picturing some of the trails we ride and I can see the bark missing on some of the trees because exactly what they got these bar and you just, you can't get them through. And yeah, I mean, so, so folks take a lot of that into account. Um, this is an investment. You really should sit down and think about what you're doing with the bike and, and think about the components. Think about this bike because you could possibly get a single quiver bike. You could based on your needs and what you want. Um, or you can totally not based on your knees, you know, it depends on what you want to do. I know it's not a very, uh, I don't know if we answered the question or not here, but I think quite honestly, uh, I don't think it's a black and white question. I think it's a possible, you can do it depending on what you want. I wouldn't get, I've got a bunch of bikes sitting behind me and there's one for each thing I want to do with it. And I don't think I'd want to change that, but that's me, right? I mean, I'm sure you've got a couple bikes sitting around the house, right? Uh, a couple, yeah, <laughs> about 22. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Hey, well, a couple more and you'll have one for each day of the month. So there you go, man. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, folks, I, I hope we helped you with this topic. Um, why don't you, uh, if you have any questions on this, as always, um, you can either put the questions down in the description below, okay? Um, you can always email me. All my notes and everything are, are in the description of these videos and podcasts. You can get a hold of us. Um, Josh has always been great to, to bounce questions off of whenever I've had some questions from you, I'll, I'll email Josh and he'll be able to get back to us and help us. Uh, he's a busy guy, but he's, he's always kind enough to make a little bit of time for us, which is, which was awesome. I, I, I really enjoy doing these, Josh, and, uh, you, you keep returning my email. So hopefully that means that, uh, <laughs> you're having some fun too. So I appreciate Absolutely. your time. It's a lot of fun. Cool. Oh, folks. Um, again, Josh, thanks so much. Uh, single quiver bike. Thanks for all the tips. Um, this is pretty cool. As always, folks, keep the party on the pedals. If you like this video um, and podcast, give it a thumbs up. All right. Subscribe to our channels and uh, maybe share this with your friends and certainly give us some comments down below. That's going to do it for this one. Josh, thanks so much for your time. All right. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye.